When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Explain to her, I still can't get the angle of the camera right. It's either too low or too high. It's a $2,000 effing camera, and I don't intend on taking it off of a sturdy tripod, which is what it's on. And if it's going to be off angle, but it's safe, then that's what we're going to have because I don't have the money to be replacing that anytime in the next decade. But Miss Lopez, ever patient with me, I feel like I am, I am an unofficial... Uh, son of yours who you just have to be patient with because I always seem to be late or messing something up Oh, not to worry not to worry glad to be with you whenever we get it uh, connected up absolutely beautiful and I like your shirt it matches the flag oh yes thank you absolutely the great and beautiful Claire Lopez I got your email I looked at your fourth article about critical race theory oh good thanks yeah and I know it and I'll put that in the description I haven't done that yet I'll put that in the description because your articles are very if you like these episodes with Ms. Lopez you will like the articles and I think it's particularly pertinent seeing as how I believe a a general or a high up uh, member of the military caught fire the other day for saying how it's important and it is um Uh, Governor DeSantis, I believe, is banning it in schools in Florida. Um, And it does seem to be, as with all things, whether it's um, vaccine hesitancy or whether it's uh, uh, fiery but mostly peaceful protests, the perversion of language and the hijacking of semantics, to me, the more friendly it sounds means it's probably more insidious and critical race theory that's about as vanilla as a name as you can get, which to me just uh, to me just implies that what it is is what it is is it's racism against white people. And whenever anyone's of you know classic white person, white person this, and I mean if it's not ironic, if you have to excuse me, I have to go on a little rant. If it's not ironic enough that the that the people fighting fascism, Antifa are the ones who wear black and intimidate using violence and burn storefronts and intimidate people from speaking at college campuses, which used to be the bastion of uh, the classical left. It's also that the same people who say uh, white people are racist and then it's classic white person this or old white guy that or all I want for Christmas is white genocide or white people this, white people that. That is racism. It doesn't matter... The best way to do it is to every time you see a news article and it has white in the title, I challenge you, the listener, to just read it back to yourself in your mind, but replace white with black or with Jew or with Muslim or with woman, women or immigrant. Any title. Uneducated black men are ruining America. There's a recent one, but it's uneducated white men. There are too many... There are too many immigrants in uh, uh, CPA jobs. No, it was too many white people. Replace white people with immigrants. And it's important to point out because as long as it's about white people, white privilege, white fragility, the evils of nationalism, white pride, we're slowly, and you have to respect your enemy, 
but we are slowly marching towards a, it's a slow drum, not a drum roll, it's a slow drum beat for the hatred of white people. And as we know, with BLM stated by their founders to dissolve the Western nuclear family, we know that this is what it's moving towards. And it is just as evil as actual white supremacists who think blacks are lesser than them or think Jews are lesser than them. It is no different. It is no less evil. And I'm not talking in circles, but you have written several great articles about it. We did an episode a couple weeks about it. Could you explain or walk them through where you think it's going now or whatever you want to talk about regarding your fourth article? Yeah, so thank you for mentioning that article. It is called uh, Citizen Patriots Are Fighting Back, published at Front Page Magazine uh, just a couple days ago on Tuesday of this week, June 22nd. Um, and, And the point that I'll make is one I made to somebody else earlier today talking about exactly this. Uh, In the beginning, uh, this really was about white. And it began, of course, critical race theory began um, with Marxist uh, academics and ideologues, um, you know, in the faculty lounges of Columbia University and elsewhere. um, As a wedge issue to uh, to to drive apart American society. Now, um, Marxism, of course, which is where critical race theory comes from. Marxism began, as everybody knows, as a class warfare uh, thing. Um, It was the bourgeoisie versus the proletariat. Right. But when they tried to export that in the 1930s to the United States, they realized that because of our free market capitalist system, that class warfare was not going to take. We have upward mobility. We have opportunity for anyone with the, you know, the the, the skill, the uh, the aptitude, and 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 the work ethic to to go after it. And everybody knows that. So they couldn't use uh, class economic class warfare. They had to find something else. And what they hit upon was race because Americans are absurdly sensitive about racial topics for whatever reason. And uh, I think I've talked about this little book before. Uh, You can see it's a slim sort of paperback written by Manning Johnson. Uh, This was published in uh, 19, I wanna say 60, oops, nope, 1958, 1958. It's called Color, Communism, and Common Sense. And uh, this author, Manning Johnson, uh, was an African-American who, as a young man, uh, was was pulled into communism in America. And um, he bought into, you know, the whole race wedge issue that they use to substitute for uh, economic class divisions. But after a while, uh, being a young man from uh, a, a good family uh, and a religious family and him being a pretty smart guy, uh, he realized this was all a front. It was all a scam. It was all uh, intended precisely to drive apart Americans, to drive a wedge into our society. And he broke away and he left communism behind. And that's when he wrote this book. 
So I think it's uh, I think it's an important example um, from from a personal perspective and what he wrote about how uh, communists and Marxists used or tried to use the race issue, um, specifically African Americans. And by the way, of course, as I've written also before, um, in an October twenty twenty article specifically for the Epoch Times. Um, that one uh, being entitled uh, Race Revolution and the CCP, Chinese Communist Party, about how the CCP being Marxist and, of course, Maoist, also use, to this day use, um, the wedge issue of race in the United States to, 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 to tear our society apart. But what I wanted to get at and what I was talking about with this other uh, individual this morning um, was that while in the beginning, uh, being the 1950s, 60s, uh, even further back, maybe then that, and to the present day even, um, it is very much about white and black in America. Um, the words no longer mean exactly what they used to mean. So race is no longer really about race or ethnic origin. It's not about being born white, Caucasian, Latino, African-American. It's about a mindset. It's, it's about an ideology. Do you buy into uh, the left's ideology um, you know, of Marxism, of the classes being oppressed and oppressors, um, of this division uh, between those who will never ever overcome uh, the past uh, history of the United States, which included uh, racism, a lot of it, and uh, of course, slavery too. Um, but we can never overcome that. So it's about the mindset uh, and, and inculcating this into our children in the classrooms through critical race uh, theory studies, ethnic studies, um, more than it is any more about strictly race, because well, for one thing, we're a very mixed society. I mean, there aren't strict divisions in terms of families and marriage and children anymore uh, between white, black, Asian, or what have you. We're, we're, we're very much uh, mixing and, and mixed these days. So when you, when you see the attacks being launched um, by the left, by the Marxists, the communists, the CRT champions, against people like a Candace Owens, a Larry Elder, a Leo Terrell, an Alan West, a Ben Carson, I could go on and on, with a brilliant, smart, um, conservative thinking African-Americans, you realize it's not about the color anymore. I mean, they're African-American, those names I just, I just gave you. But they are being called Sometimes they're being called, well, that's a white way of thinking, achievement, personal uh, responsibility, uh, getting the right answer in school in order to get that grade, those kinds of things. Um, it, it, it's, uh, it's about a way of thinking, and, and, and they'll hurl these accusations at those brilliant, wonderful Americans, um, along with other epithets like sellout and traitor and Uncle Tom and things like that. But the whole point of my, what to, to say, this is not just about race anymore. It began that way. 
but that's not what it's about. It's <clears throat> to to quote uh, Brigadier General Dr. Robert Spaulding, who wrote Stealth War. How he opens his book, uh, or in the opening sentences, is you have to respect your enemy. You have to respect the Chinese Communist Party because they are waging a beautiful war. So purely, and this is a guy that piloted the two billion dollar B two Spirit stealth bomber, a nuclear armed bomber. It's a beautifully waged game. It's they're evil, but in the same way that the Nazis had beautiful rocket engineering, it's a it's a beautiful war. And as you just said, it's it's unrestricted warfare. Remember that book, unrestricted warfare. Everything is fair game. Yes. And everything and everyone. And if, if I'm, if I'm analyzing what you're saying correctly, it's that, okay. Yeah. It's whoever's got the chutzpah, whoever wants to take the risk, who wants to, you know, you know, I didn't have anything in my pocket. Now I run a bank. If you want that American, that American dream story, you can start with a shitty laptop and then 400 episodes later, you can have a great webcam talking to the wonderful Claire Lopez. You can work towards it if you want. But because they identified that in the United States, we can't restrict on class warfare or we can't argue on class warfare. We do drive the wedge between, like you said, race. And now they slowly blur the line. It's almost like fiat currency. It's, mor- it's morphing. It's, it's morphing. It's, it's like it's almost fiat mm-hmm. currency. How it it's oh this is a gold it's this is a, a certificate for gold it's redeemable of gold and then you close the gold window and then you get rid of the gold standard and next thing you know we're all fighting over hundred dollar bills that have no actual value they, you can't put them into electronics they don't have any value overseas that they're not going to last a thousand years in the same way they've they've morphed what began as oh this is just. It's a Pavlovian response almost. I'm not sure if that's quite the right analogy, but it morphs from black and white to No, it's, it's, black. it's the misappropriation of language. Let me reach over. Um, oh, you know what? Uh, here it is. Yes, my little bookshelf. Um, I want to pull out another little booklet, and it, it really is a booklet. It's, it's quite small. It's written by Joseph Pieper, P-I-E-P-E-R, Pieper. It's called Abuse of Language, Abuse of Power. Now, this was written back in, uh, published in 1974. Um, But this explains in very good, clear terms um, the abuse of political power, he says, is fundamentally connected with the sophistic abuse of the word public abuse of language okay that's what they're doing that's what they're doing um and 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 unless we're aware of it we we might not notice but 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 do notice how the language and the use of language has become corrupted by the left and again that it is not about race again the issue is never the issue right Mm -hmm. it's the revolution Mm -hmm. What will serve to tear us apart? What will serve to descend this society into chaos? Um, that's what this is about. But language is very much uh, one of the tactics and a very sophisticated one for those who are not, you know, necessarily paying attention. Um, that is what they're doing with the language. When I say it's no longer about being white or black, now it is 
closer to the truth, honestly, than it's always been. And that's about uh, the leftist, communist, Marxist mentality, the ideology. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 communism versus freedom and liberty, which one step removed is the class separation, and they can't hit us on that. So then they remove a second step, and they, in pure racism, say lower class that's that's black, and if you are a Ben Carson, if you even a, if I call correctly Charles Barkley if you say anything that has to go, do with personal responsibility or or working hard it's their words is that is white and if you uh, are downtrodden then that is black which aside from the fact that that is racist as shit it's I mean again it's a beautiful way to dress up communism versus freedom and liberty Oh, it's terribly insulting. It's, it's terribly insulting, insulting to oh, those. I'm looking at it um, from a, you know, a tactical standpoint. Uh, you have to respect it. It's but it's it's evil. It's evil, and they're teaching it in schools now. And you know what? I think I've spoken about this before with with you, Tommy. Certainly with others too. Um, that in a way, you know, the horrible lockdowns of last year, this past year. Um, and, and uh, you know, parents stuck at home couldn't go to work. The businesses were closed. Kids stuck at home. They couldn't go to school. They're, they're, they're doing remote learning on a laptop on the kitchen table. In a way, uh, there was a little small silver lining to all of that because for the first time, parents became aware of what their kids were being taught. And I, I've said this before. They were appalled. They were horrified. And now they are furious. And that's where we're seeing all these videos of parents by the hundreds, hundreds, um, flocking into auditoriums and halls uh, where uh, local school board meetings are being held Mm -hmm. and demanding to have their say, one after the other, going up to the microphone and the podiums. And, and calling out these corrupt leftist, communist, Marxist school board members. Now, in many places in the country, school board members are elected and they can be unelected. Some places they're appointed and that would be by a higher elected official, like, I don't know, maybe let's say a governor, but that governor is elected too. So one way or another, um, the, the school board members uh, can be unelected, and I think that's where we're going. Hasn't has hasn't has the Biden administration said something about that? Am I just am I regurgitating false news? I don't know if I saw a meme or something. But aren't, aren't people aren't people voicing opinions how these meetings need to be shut down? Obviously, citing COVID, saying we can't have these these hateful white, uh, fragile white people, uh, kind of going with their own insurrection against school boards? Is that well, I mean, you, you may have seen, uh, your, your viewers may have seen a video from just a day or two ago in Loudoun County, Virginia, uh, and a Loudoun County school board meeting where there were indeed many hundreds of, of uh, parents attending. Uh, and um, when uh, the, the sentiment became overwhelmingly obvious to the school board that these parents were done with it and up to here with it all, uh, they turned off the mics and closed down the meeting. And then for those parents who remained in the room, 
the room having been reserved until a certain time of the evening, which was nowhere near yet. Uh, and the parents remained in, in the room talking to one another, they called the police. And the Loudoun County uh, Sheriff's Department came and hauled off at least two of the parents, putting them under arrest for speaking openly in a public space that had been reserved and was still reserved uh, and open to the public. So, um, you know, this is the kind of confrontation that we're seeing in these videos. Um, and this is only making Americans more aware, uh, more upset, and more determined uh, to push back. The Streisand effect. Not only that, I mean, I didn't know any of that. Man, if that's not naked communism. Shut it well, down. Cut the, yeah, cut the mic. Shut it down. Subvert. Don't meet the argument on the field of rationale, logic, and a. Well, a, they can't, of course, right? Exactly. They can't. Well, because they can't say the quiet part out loud, so they can't confront it. So what do you do? You, you lie. It's you know, Tommy. Did you take a cookie? No. Tommy, did you just start crying? Shit your pants. You know, blame it on my little brother. Just you know. It's you throw a tantrum and if that doesn't work, you call the authorities and remove them. And thank God we're not at a point yet where the authorities come and you never seen again. But for anyone who's still on the fence, don't take Claire's word for it. Don't take my word for it. We're clearly biased. We both have flags behind us. We're both evil white people. Look at it with your own mind and observe it soberly and ask yourself a question. And I always tell people this when it comes to some iffy subject or touchy subject or as YouTube stated in their email to me as to why I'm not monetized because I uh, I broach quote controversial topics that are harmful to the viewer but that's another thing for another time I always ask my listeners or before the podcast anyone I was arguing with I would ask them to ask the questions that I'm asking ask them to themselves internally and you don't have to voice your answer because all of us, not the least of which me, have egos. And our egos get in the way of, you know, Claire, you might be saying to me right now, Tommy, you know, do you really think that uh, swearing on a podcast is good? And my ego is going to get in the way. And I'm going to say, fuck yeah, I do. Now, if you say, Tommy, I know my mom feels the same way. Now, if you told me, Tommy... I don't want you to answer that question because I don't want you to answer it on air. I don't want you to, you know, have to defend your ego, but I want you to ask yourself that. I meditate every day. I take a hot shower every day. Ask yourself quietly and you don't have to tell me the answer because I don't want that to influence your answer. When I ask myself these things, maybe I'm meditating and I'm thinking, do I really need to, I don't have to admit to Claire that she's right. Do I really need to swear? Probably not. It's probably a little tasteless. So anyone that's listening to this, I ask you, you don't have to write some comment. You were right. I was wrong. Nobody likes to do that. Myself above all else. Ask yourself in your mind if you think that this is going down a good road. When you come to voice your opinions, instead of being argued with, your mic is cut and you're hauled away by men with guns. Or you're censored on big tech or your shadow band, or a bunch of skinny kids from LA wearing black are gonna come throw a cinder block through your cafe window. Ask yourself internally. Don't voice your answer. I don't want your ego to get in the way of it. Just ask yourself internally if that sits well with you. But that is where 
Sorry for that little uh, Mr. Rogers aside. But that is where it seems to be going. And no, no one can... Dr. Malone was on Brett Weinstein's podcast, the Dark Horse podcast, talking about... Actually, I guess this is... Now this episode will, can't go on YouTube. Talking about ivermectin and COVID treatments. And that podcast got censored. The co-creator of mRNA vaccine technology has been silenced for, quote, spreading medical misinformation. Now, this podcast isn't even supposed to be a COVID podcast. But the very idea that you can't meet these individuals on the field of debate, to me, that alone shows that you don't have anything to go against it or you can't say it out loud because you do have an insidious evil plan. Do you think that, and another thing to cover on, and I'm jumping all over the place and you're sitting there patiently, we're not going to see, so anyone that's maybe thinking, Claire, what are you talking about? Hundreds of parents are taking their kids out of school. They're starting homeschool. A million. A mi- the latest number I've seen is across the country within the last year or, you know, X number of months, at least one million children have been pulled out of the public education system. Something they to- may have gone into private schools. They may have gone into charter schools. They may have gone into homeschooling, variety of other options, but they're no longer in the public school system. And an important thing to remember is, is you're not going to see that broadcast. Okay. If you're living in New England or you're born there like I was, you're not going to see a Boston radio telling you why the Yankees are about to kick your ass. No one is going to, there's just negative propaganda. No one's ever going to do that. So if you don't see these things on the news, don't get discouraged or think that it's all lost. They're not going to – you can't talk about censored topics on YouTube, and one of the censored topics is talking about censorship. You, they're they're going to cut the cord. What's the first thing a team – you know, a, a spec ops team does going in? You shut down the electronics so they can't call for help. Now, I saw Tim Kennedy, who's a, an uh, unashamed American, patriotic American, evil white male – former Green Beret. His Instagrams, it's always hilarious to follow. He's been fact-checked all the time for talking about how confiscation of guns always leads to death camps. I might be fake news, but if I recall, I think I sent a link to you. He's actually starting his own school in Texas because no one else is, he's be the change you want to see in the world. He's starting a school for parents who are sick of the critical race theory. Are we going to slowly see a, a, a surge in that? Is that the way that the the market is going to respond is opening private schools or opening schools that, or, you know, treat, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It's already happening. I mean, we do still have a free market capitalist system and that has been the response both in um, uh, the, the communications and and online cyber uh, realm and in education. And, and I'll give you another example of, of, of a bunch of parents out in California who have set up, and I, and I think this trend is, is is expanding too, they've set up what they call pods. Pods uh, are in-home uh, education settings with a small number of children, maybe five, six, seven, no more. Uh, and the parents of those children chip in and uh, they hire a tutor, maybe one, maybe two, um, but the but the teacher to student ratio is is really uh, you know a few students to each teacher, um, and uh, they meet in a private home, 
and uh, give private education, private tutoring, but but from a tutor who is actually an educator with credentials, you know, not not uh, a parent who may not feel uh, confident. I mean, I would not feel the slightest bit confident trying to te- teach mathematics. I'd be horrible. So they 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 choose you know tutors with credentials, um, but but. That's another example of what's going on uh, in uh, in California. Pods, little little home um, homeschool pods of small numbers of students with one or maybe two tutors. That's insane, and that's awesome. It's yeah, it always starts small, right? I mean, I don't know if you remember, you know, when Netflix was still a tiny thing that delivered physical DVDs, and uh, and. Blockbuster uh, offered to buy them for like five million. And they said, you know, now go pound sand, and now we see what Netflix is, and we see what Blockbuster was. Maybe this is the start of something like that, you know. And it's, it could have, and as as the the long march through the institutions, which you taught me about, has shown, you do you have to take or Yuri Bezmenov, you know, it takes eighteen years for you know destabilization, demoralization, because you have to teach. That's how long it takes to teach a generation, and then they grow up, and then another 10 years after that, they have started to fill the seats of power. What What is happening now, we might not get to see the full crashing of the wave, the bearing of the fruit, the flowering of the results until, what, 2039, 2040? Well, I, mean, I, I would say, actually, because of social media, because of the internet, because of modern technology and communication, Things are moving much faster now okay. uh, than, than than originally at the beginning of that long march through the institutions. Okay, but that could that could go both ways, though, right? Well, except well, except that I think what we're talking about and what I'm I'm seeing and and, and writing about in, in my articles um, is that the groundswell of the pushback is really gaining momentum. Well, that, well, that's what I'm talking about. Is is originally I was saying if they're starting pods and homeschooling, you would say that we're going on a long march through the institutions back towards a pro-America agenda. But what you're saying is also with the advent of social media, light speed technology, which is what you know a cell phone is, the long march through the institutions back towards an America first uh, uh, mindset, it might be more of a sprint back through the institutions. It might have taken them 30 years to get here, but in that American fashion, we might use technology and get back in 18 months or two years. Well, I, I, years. I don't mean to, to minimize the um, the importance, the magnitude of, of, of the fight. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's no guarantee sure. uh, that good guys are going to win. Uh, but what I am saying is that I see a groundswell that was not there even a year, 18 months ago. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, I always like to look back at, I like to, as, as you and Don the Pleb point out, my, my positivity and optimism is, is naive, and if we were in war, it would probably get us all killed. I don't think I ever said that. Don said that. You've never said that. I just lump you in with Don. And it's, uh, it's easier. to See, there, there's a tactic. I just lump in everyone I don't like, and I put them together. And there you go, critical race theory, critical podcast theory. But... I look back and the one thing I do that does not fall in line with, I guess, my whole optimistic viewpoint is, well, kind of does in a roundabout way. I look back at how horrible the situation has been before in the United States. Most, the biggest of all, the actual inception of the United States going against 
I mean, we were the we were the Taliban versus the United States. We were the colonists versus the British, the Royal Empire. Maybe not the Taliban, huh? In terms of technological disparity, in terms of resources, I know Taliban. I know it's a, but the analogy stands. We 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 were colonists going up against the greatest empire uh, on the face of the earth at that time. That's what I mean. Now, granted. In, in the 2000s, the Taliban didn't win. They went against the greatest empire, the greatest military the world's ever seen. What I mean is... Oh, they won all right. Uh, they definitely won. And they're going to win more, unfortunately. But that's another topic. My point is, we have been... In, okay, well, let's look at an undisputed one. Let's look at World War II. We won. Exactly. We, we Americans, won. Yes. Now, Our freedom. Look, now, look... Um, Imagine it's the evening of, of June 6, 1944, and the sands are pink with American blood. And you're sitting there going, this is the beginning, and we're supposed to beat Germany and Japan? It didn't look too hot, but we got through it, and we conquered. You look at the depths of the Cold War, and you could argue we never got out of it. We did get out of it without thermonuclear annihilation. That's an objective fact. We will get through this. 9-11 sucked too. So did 2008. We will get through this. And I, I, I don't, like you said, I don't mean, I don't mean to minimize the, the threat we are under right now. I also think, in t- all things considered, it's a blessing that this is the extent of our fight, is what I'm saying. Is shit has been so much worse before, and they've gotten through it. And people have stepped up to the plate. We have the greatest generation. We have the colonists. We have the revolutionaries. And we've gotten through all those things. I think we're going to get through it again. And it's hard to see right now, just as I imagine on the evening of June 6th going, we're supposed to keep doing this, but we did, and we got through. And they're known as the greatest generation. I have no doubt that it's going to be an uphill battle. I also have no doubt that we're going to win. Because as you said several episodes ago, tyranny cannot win because the human spirit, it, it can't fight for a system that's inherently evil. You might be able to establish a bulkhead you might or a, fo- uh, a foot in the door. You might be able to set up a Nazi type thing. But ultimately, the average human being is always going to yearn towards freedom and opportunity and prosperity and love and safety that is what's ingrained into us as humans not even as americans as humans and i I just don't see that going down without a fight and that is my official uh submission video for my my presidential run but (laughs) (laughs) but i i I do i i I think it's going to go well i don't think it's going to be easy i don't think it's going to be a short fight we might not even be at the worst part yet I just refuse to believe that that this is how we go down as a nation. A bunch of guys in skinny jeans with, with black masks on burning down Starbucks. We've been in worse spots. Yay, nay? What are your thoughts? I don't know. I mean, uh, realizing how bad the rot is, uh, how far into our institutions the corruption has gone, including the entire United States government at every single level. Um, We are in the thick of it. Uh, The battle is joined. 
the Patriots are rising. Uh, but it's, you know, Christmas Eve, um, you know, December 1776. And no more than George Washington knew, uh, neither do we know that we'll prevail. We're going to try. We're going to oh. keep going. We're not giving up. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if we'll prevail or not. Victory's never been guaranteed, though. I mean, what what kind of what kind of how real of a war is that really? If you know you're gonna win, that's not a war. You know you're gonna win. A real war is you go in and you have no idea. It's called sink or swim because there's a fifty percent chance you might sink. That is the terror. Of course we can't know. I just don't see us losing. I just, I just, I just don't. I would like that to be true. So would I. I would like for a lot of things to be true, but. I'm going to do my best to make it work. And ultimately, I, I just, I think it's going to work. I think our best days are ahead of us. And yes, we're seeing the rot is deeper than anyone could have imagined. But what's the what's the first step in a, in a narcotics problem or a drinking problem? It's admitting you have a problem. It's the very first step. It's going to the doctor and getting the scan and going, okay, it's not just a bad back. There's a tumor. It's the very first step, and it's the shittiest step, but it's the very first step of acknowledging that something is horribly wrong. You got to diagnose it, and that's where we are right now. And it's we're at the shitty doc, we're at the shitty doctor appointment right now, where we're getting the scans back, and the doctor is using their best bedside manner to tell us inoperable. But that's the first step, and you know I, I'd like to think that. In 20 years or 30 years, someone will look back at this video and be like, yeah, they really had no idea how uphill it was. And then some some other optimistic future Tommy will be like, but they did it. They did it. He was right. I just don't see us losing. Let's hope so. Let's hope you're right. Claire, I still got you for 15 minutes if you don't, if, if you got anything else that you would like to touch on. I know I've been ranting nonstop this episode. <laughs> no, covered a lot of uh, important ground. Uh, and, um, you know, the point of my article is, is more in line with your optimism maybe than my sober assessment. The article uh, that we were talking about at Front Page Magazine was all about, um, at every level, uh, citizen patriots from the parents that I've, I've been talking about, you know, storming into the... Um, school board meetings on up to state legislatures, legislators, um, 21 plus states now uh, have either introduced legislation or actually passed it and had the, the, the governor sign it to ban critical race uh, theory teaching in uh, the public schools of that state. And sometimes, um, you know, they don't, um, they don't call it CRT, but, but I think wisely, more broadly define it as there will be no teaching um, that there is an oppressed group and an oppressor group. There will be no racial uh, divisions made among the children in classes, et cetera. And then you go to a, you know, a Governor Ron DeSantis uh, in Florida uh, who has just signed a bill uh, who, which, which would um, 
uh, demand the teaching about totalitarian systems, including communism and Marxism, in the Florida public schools. Not just you won't teach the bad stuff, you will teach not only good American civics history um, and foundational documents, father, founding fathers and all of that, but you will teach what is communism. You will teach what is totalitarian uh, authoritarianism. Uh, that was just signed into law by Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida. So uh, that's the governor and government, uh, you know, state level uh, kind of initiatives. Uh, and then there are other kind of groups. And I'm, I'm going to um, look at my little, my article here to remember the names of these groups. Um, okay, there's, uh, there's a group called the Civics Alliance, uh, which is formed to promote teaching of the U.S.'s founding principles and accurate history. Um, there's a group called the American Cornerstone Institute, and uh, that one was founded by Dr. Ben Carson, of course, brilliant neurosurgeon and also former uh, secretary of the Department of Housing and Urban Development in the Trump administration. And that one, um, the American Cornerstone Institute, um, focuses, as, as Ben Carson says, on promoting the first things principles that undergird our republic, and he names them as faith, liberty, community, and life. And then the final thing that I noted um, on the sort of organizational level, private but organizational, um, uh, well, in a way private, but the president's, uh, President Trump's 1776 commission, right, uh, formed, I think, a little belatedly, but, but last year, 2020, and uh, they came out with their final report of the 1776 commission in August of last year, 2020. Um, but that final report offers what I think is an excellent outline uh, for teaching um, accurate, good American history principles of the founding of the United States in 1776 um, and about striving to form a more perfect union, a phrase, of course, taken from the preamble to our Constitution, which recognizes that, no, at the founding, we were not a perfect union, nor are we now but that we continuously strive to be. And I've talked about this before too, the aspirational, the idealistic uh, nature of our foundational documents uh, and, and our original 13 colonies. Um, so yeah, those are the organizations I wanted to mention that have formed, and there are others. I'm, 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 I apologize that I'm, I'm missing probably many more and very excellent, uh, but those are the ones that, that caught my attention when I was writing the article. I didn't know that. I knew that DeSantis was, was getting rid of critical race theory. I didn't know he was, he was making it, uh, obligatory or mandatory to learn about totalitarian systems and how they come Brand to power. New. I think, I mean, literally signed into law yesterday or the day before. <laughs> That's amazing. That is He's amazing. That is, well, I mean, he, he is, but I mean, it's again, what Tim Kennedy did on, on his, on his Instagram a couple months ago. And he was, it was him sitting there with a bunch of like assault rifles and his little kid. And he was like, he was, and he just listed, uh, uh, political, or I guess, governmental acts, over the last 120 years about in different nations in different decades about how it always one leads to the other and so is the seizing of weapons the disarming of the populace and it's followed by political persecution and then uh, state-sponsored and um, constructed and I guess premeditated genocide 
and he his thing got flagged by the the, uh, the Instagram fact checkers, right? Goebbels would be proud saying that there is no evidence of of seizing weapons in Italy, which is just which is patently bullshit. But we would call that patently false. Yes, patently false. It's what that is though is you can see the importance of it because no one's going to teach you can't expect the people who are responsible for these systems to teach you about what leads to these uh, these systems if i'm if i work for big tobacco i'm not going to teach you about the problems of smoking cigarettes it's i think that's i think that's awesome i had no idea desantis did that brand new like i said within the last couple of days signed into law yeah I think that's I mean, a terrific right. initiative. Other states are following, not quite yet at, at, at that po- at level, that, that point. Um, but like I said, at least 21 at the count that I looked at, maybe more now, uh, legislation either in process right now or already signed into law to ban critical race theory or like similar um, indoctrination of our children in the schools. That's incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, the pushback is happening. It's coming and it's coming from the grassroots. Mm-hmm. This is not coming off of Capitol Hill. No. Now, yes, it is coming out of some state capitals, but but that's local uh, as well, in a way. So it, it, it's not going to come from Capitol Hill. It's going to come from the grassroots. And, and you know, I, I repeat this all the time, that it is up to citizen patriots um, to take back this republic. And it's beginning to gather momentum it's beginning to happen we'll we'll wrap it up on this note and i've talked about this before the smartest person i've ever met in my life it's a guy i went to high school with and i I knew in college he's a physician just unbelievably intelligent and um and he's a he's a diehard patriot as well but i always remember how i would study around the clock for the, the, the pre-med courses we had to take. And I did well in them. I was a straight-A student. He always scored higher than me. But he wouldn't... There were always days where he wouldn't study that I would be studying. And you would think, like, why well, should be pulling ahead? And he would go out on a Friday night and party it up like, well, you you'd think he's a frat boy. And, you know, go crazy, hung over the next day, laying around, eating fast food, playing video games. And I'd always ask him, I'd be like, why... Like you score so high, you could score even higher if you didn't do that. You know, if you were a crazy person like me and locked yourself in your room and studied. And he was like, that is not at all true. And he was like, because when you wake up Sunday morning and you're kind of rolling into that two-day hangover and you realize you have a test in 24 hours, nothing will sharpen your mind like that fear. Knowing that (laughs) I have one chance to get into medical school and this is a weed-out class nothing will make you you'll put your phone down your thoughts won't be wandering you won't be thinking about girls you won't be going to go get some food nothing is going to make you look at those chemical reactions and understand those valence electrons and and what you need to turn hydrogen gas and palladium into this ketone and essen nothing will sharpen your mind like fear and i've i've used his advice 10 years later and that's why i that's why i don't I, I don't get out of bed until about two hours before I have a podcast. Today was different. But because I wake up and I look at my clock and as soon as it hits two hours before, I'm terrified that I'm not going to get to the gym, do a mile of cardio, lift weights, come home, 
take a cold shower, change, eat breakfast, meditate, set up all the cameras and get ready to go. But I do every morning because that terror that I'm going to put out a bad product drives me to do it. Now, if I wake up three hours or four hours before I've done it, I barely am ready on time. It's the fear that drives me to. So the point of me saying all of this is maybe this is our collective waking up on Sunday morning and realizing we got a test tomorrow. It's better late than never. Well, I, I actually thought you were going to say something different there. And really? uh, I, I would throw this into the mix. Okay. Um, I think that every now and then, I'm talking about us on a kind of a, a personal level. Sure. We need a break. You cannot go pedal to the metal 24-7, 365 days a year and continue to be sharp every single moment. Mm -hmm. You've got to take time out for yourself, for your family, uh, to take some downtime, mm -hmm. to refresh your batteries, as it were. Yeah. Uh, and if that's just a single day, maybe it's only a couple of hours in a day. But you got to do it on a regular basis. Um if you're going to remain sharp. I, I actually have in the last month or so, and my mom said something similar to me. And I do. I take I take Saturdays off now. And I feel – and I hate it because I'm like, I could be working. I feel so much better. But on a, on a bigger scale, I do see it as this pushback, the pods, the homeschooling, the DeSantis legislation. I do see – you're good. I do see – I do see that as sort of a we're waking up scared shitless, you know, a republic if you can keep it. And we're all waking up going, oh, man, we have not been keeping this thing. And now we're all working towards that. That's what I believe, at least. Well, on we go. Miss <laughs> Claire Lopez. And I am taking your advice. I take Saturdays off. Don't you worry. But um, I'll put your Twitter in the description. I'll put your article in the description as well as your website. And... Thank you. Nope, as don't always. have a website yet. I thought Claire and Liberty looked at that. Okay, well, then what have I been linking? I don't know. Probably just your Twitter then. Maybe I'm just. Um, maybe Twitter, oh. Facebook, at Claire and Lopez. Uh, maybe other sites where I post things like my writing and my videos. Front Page Magazine, of course, being one of them. Project of the David Horowitz Freedom Center at American Truth Project. Um, certainly at the United West. Uh, where I've, else? I think United uh, West is what I've been linking. Excellent. There. Uh, that'll, that'll get picked up and replayed other places, too. Um, might be forgetting a few. I, I am supposed to be writing a blog at the Newsmax.com website. Uh, Got to get back to that. Um, those are the ones, yeah, the, the main ones that I would say where, where you can find right now, you know, the things that I'm writing and broadcasting and interviews and things like that. Beautiful. Thank you so much for your time, Ms. Lopez. As always, it's a pleasure. And um, thank you. Don't give up hope, everyone. It is. It's a, it's a good fight. It's the only good fight. But more importantly, it's going to be a fight. It's not going to be easy. So yeah. God bless. God bless you, Ms. Lopez. God bless America. Thank you. God bless all you guys. Stay safe. And uh, until next time. See you then. All right. Thank you. Yep. Bye-bye. Yep. Recording stopped. Mm-hmm.